Every year I know we gonna go hard. We been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave it with you. Good luck. Only thing I will Good evening and welcome into Lombardi's Legends Podcast. I am Wags and joining me as always is Dane and we are going live here on a Thursday evening on as usual on our Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitter, X channels. So uh, thanks to all of you that are joining us here as we live stream this evening and getting ready to talk Packers after uh, another tough loss on, on Sunday game. But um, technically not out of the playoff picture, but I think we have a lot more to talk about than playoffs right now. Uh, Dane with, with how the last couple of games have gone. But, um, yeah, we'll get into, eventually get into the game this week against the Carolina Panthers, uh, a team that certainly on paper doesn't look like one the Packers should have a problem with. But, um, you got to play your best any week in this league as, as the last two games showed. And, uh, so Dane, I think we'd be remiss. We didn't start off talking about, the fact that a certain defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, still apparently employed uh, by the Green Bay Packers, uh, Coach LaFleur, decided that uh, what he saw was not enough to make a change at this point in time. And uh, so I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts as you jump on the, the uh, Instagram live here. I'll um, give you a second to get on to that. But um curious what your thoughts are, Dane, as to... What's going on uh, inside 1265 Lombardi Avenue and what the thought process would be in your mind for why Joe Barry is still employed as the Packers defensive coordinator as of Thursday night, December 21st, um, and uh, why they didn't decide to make a move and, and move on and maybe savage some uh, level of what uh, they have left in terms of playoff hopes for this season. It's incredible, um, and not in a good way. Um, I don't understand the Joe Barry situation at this point, and I'm not just—I'm not trying to pile on. It's just what has he done? First of all, happy holidays, everybody. Go back. Go. I hope your family, friends, everybody doing great. Uh, but what in the world's going on with this Joe Barry situation? Um, I'm—I like Matt Lafleur. Um, I'm on the record. I think we both talked about it. Um, there's been times this season where I've been frustrated with Maddie, but overall, I've been somebody that's really liked Lafleur. What I don't understand, Wags, and it's like how much is enough? And I don't think the argument can be made that, um, you know, there's nobody waiting in the wings. At this point, we're talking about three games before, you know, the Packers can go out and, and, and really, you know, whoever's on the open market, they can go and grab somebody, the defensive coordinator. Um, I, I, I gotta believe that all of the professional coaches on this defensive coaching staff can probably handle it for a couple of weeks, uh, until the season wraps up. So that's where I'm at on this. I believe in accountability and I'm just not sure. Um, I understand where the accountability is coming from with Joe Barry based on what we've seen. It's been, it's been dreadful the last couple of weeks. We, we've, Wags, in the last two weeks, we've had Tommy DeVito be the NFC, um, uh, 
Offensive Player of the Week, followed by Baker Mayfield as being the NFC Player of the Week, Offensive Player of the Week against this Green Bay Packer defense. I mean, this is not a murderer's row of quarterbacks that the Green Bay Packers were facing, and not only to, to lose to them, but to allow it in those terms where the quarterbacks were that prolific is mind-boggling that that you know and and it's not like this is this is a tough stretch for Joe Barry he has a history of failure in the National Football League as a coordinator and um, he's had his ups and downs in Green Bay but frankly a lot more downs and ups there's a lot of talent the Packers have invested into the defensive side of the ball so all of that's to say um I don't get it and I want to hear your take on this as well because I know Packer fans are fired up about the Joe Barry situation but um you know this is a, a season for growth uh for this team and I think one of the biggest ways that this team could grow is through Matt LaFleur which I listen I really appreciate and respect um somebody's got integrity and somebody who's loyal but loyalty to a fault is a problem when you're expecting the players to be accountable, but you can't hold the coordinators to the same accountability as the players. So I think it's time to move on from Joe Barry. I'm disappointed that move didn't happen on Monday. Yeah, I agree with you. And and neither of us are knee-jerk, let's just fire the coaches after a bad game or two types Never. of fans. And uh, so I, I think most Packer fans are level-headed enough about that, um, you know, there's a minority of every fan base and Packer fan base included, uh, that's ready to fire any coach at one ball, one ball thing. Um, so this is not what this is. As you said, he, he has a kind of a history of, of below average, not even just average, but below average performance as a coordinator. It was a bad hire, uh, from the start. We were both baffled and I think most Packer fans were baffled by it. Uh, willing to give him a chance, uh, but it's been a few seasons now of, of Joe Barry. And as you said, um, while this year the defense as a whole has not been the biggest of their problems, I think when you're assessing the season as a whole, the fact of the matter is, is the defense let us down in the biggest time of the season. They were coming off of three straight wins, two huge wins over contending playoff level teams. And then, you know, it's not even just the quarterbacks, uh, as you said, uh, not a murderer's row is putting it lightly. I mean, Tommy DeVito is a well below average quarterback in this league. He's a third string quarterback for the New York Giants. So I, I know that. He got his 15 minutes of fame, whatever, but a professional defense in the New Orleans Saints did what you're supposed to do against a quarterback like Tommy DeVito last week, and the New York Giants offense put up six points. And that's what they had been basically doing before the game against the Packers. So the Packer game is the anomaly in uh, quarterback Tommy DeVito's NFL tenure. So uh, it, it's really discouraging when you're seeing that type of performance, especially the way the Packers had been putting themselves in a position to potentially make a run here in, in December and uh, solidify an opportunity to make the playoffs in a season that, as you said, has been for growth. Uh, but boy, what of an opportunity that would have right. been. And, and now all of a sudden the skids have been hit and uh, it's it's really the defense that I think has to be under scrutiny. Um, but Coach LaFleur, I'll tell you what, um, I like him too, but he's putting his name on this. And I, I don't right. think that we should consider that lightly. And, and I'm not sure that that is the wise move uh, for Coach LaFleur. Loyalty to a fault, as you said. Uh, we've seen this be from him before. Uh, he has made some shaky hires 
uh, for some of his coaching staff. Uh, so this isn't the only one that we've seen in the past. He's he's backed players, and he's a player's coach, so I appreciate that about him. But um, looking at some of the players that he hasn't held accountable or there hasn't been moves made sooner uh, over the course of his tenure, uh, that's that's questionable at times too. Now, it's part of being a head coach and a, a coach in the league is to make some of those decisions and decide – when you're going to pull the plug and um, when you're going to stand by your guys and hopefully get things turned around. Uh, so I know those aren't easy decisions in the moment, but um, I think Coach LaFleur is going to put himself under some extra scrutiny here by not ripping the Band-Aid off uh, on Coach Barry and moving on. So um, I don't think he's doing himself any favors either. And dare I say, depending on how the last few games go this season, I don't think Coach LaFleur, as we stand here today, is personally on the hot seat. I think he's still got Barry as his scapegoat. Uh, but that said, I don't think he's for sure safe uh, at the end of the day because uh, he's got to take some accountability himself. And how many weeks in a row and, and how many seasons in a row can uh, Coach LaFleur go up in, in front of the, the press after a game and say, that's on me. We need to be better. We need to be more prepared. That's on me as the head coach. And I like his accountability, but we've said this before. Sometimes things don't change. Then all of a sudden you start looking at the head coach again. And uh, and so Coach LaFleur, I think, put himself in the crosshairs a little bit by not ripping the bad nade off and, and making a move as well. Good point, Wags. And, and that's what it comes down to is because we – we, I, I kind of I take pride in the fact that we aren't the knee jerk reaction, um, you know, sports talk radio, so to speak. When we talk about the Packers, I'm, I'm proud of that. And but what it comes down to is this: is do we really believe that Joe Barry can do the job capably? And and I look, at, uh, you know, look at the metrics, right? We look at what he's done over the last um, number of years in Green Bay, and prior to that, what he's done. And 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 honestly, here's what it comes down to: it's not about this year for me. It's about the future, and it is about accountability. Because um, regardless, he's gone. We're talking three weeks of NFL football. Um, I gotta believe that somebody on that defensive staff can step up for three weeks and and and, and coach this defense. Um, so what's it really about, right? And that's what it comes down to: is is I don't understand. I, I it feels like coaching malpractice to to keep Joe Barry um there. And and I'm curious your take because Devondre Campbell came out this week. I want to hear your take on this, Campbell. Injured the last couple of years on and off, but an all-pro, what, a few years ago, earned a big contract in Green Bay. And dude comes out, I'm paraphrasing, but basically he's like, listen, I'm not going to play hurt anymore, right? And then that's that's roughly what it was. And I'm curious your take, Wags, on that as we kind of segue into this. Um, is is that a, a, a shot across the bow at fans? Is that a shot across the bow at the coaching staff? Like, what is where does that stem from? Because, honestly, I was a little grumpy seeing him say that. So I want to kind of hear, you know, your take on that. Yeah, I mean, that's the other side of the spectrum. If he's a veteran leader, that can't be right. publicized. You know, keep, keep your criticism in-house. Handle your business in-house. Uh, this isn't someone that's, you know hasn't been around the league long enough to understand that. Um, so we can be critical of the coaching staff, but, you know, the the veteran players that supposedly should be leaders in the locker room need to take better accountability as well. And I can understand his frustration. 
I can understand a lot of the players' frustrations. I, I can even side with his viewpoint, but it just wasn't the right place or time. And he's got to understand that. And he's got to understand his role within the locker room, his role within the organization. And uh, unfortunately for Devontae Campbell, that's another case of, of, of accountability. And I'm not sure if he was upset because um, perhaps Coach Lafour called out the the players and said that they were not were not in the right position and they were making basic uh, fundamental mistakes. Um, and if that's that's kind of a shot across the bow at at the Green Dot guy and Devontae Campbell. Uh, perhaps he took that personally and, and maybe coming out of film that was amplified a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, that's the type of thing that see you later, Devondre. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I'd be pretty surprised if this gets smoothed over and uh, he's back on the Packers in 2024. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's not like they're going to immediately cut him right now, Dane, but we said after the game last week, if he's playing hurt, it's one thing. I commend him for trying to battle through that. But quite honestly, it was a terrible performance. So, <laughs> you know, he, he, he pointing fingers is not a good look for Devondre Campbell in that situation. And uh, you even said that you felt like Isaiah McDuffie's been outplaying yeah. Devondre Campbell in the games that we've seen uh, uh, him out there versus the few games that we've seen Devondre Campbell this year. Um, Campbell just hasn't been the same guy. Uh, so maybe the injuries are part of that. I don't know. Uh, but he was cleared to play. He went out there, put his name on that performance. And unfortunately, the tape doesn't lie. Uh, so at a certain point, he's just got to know that if you're a leader in that locker room, that's not the time or place for that. As frustrated as he might be, um, maybe as right as he might be in some respects, even though as fans, we might agree with him in his frustration with the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just not a good look for uh, a leader on this defense. Uh, and uh, certainly it gives more smoke to the fire uh, around what's going on with uh, a guy like Shire uh, Alexander. And uh, certainly it just doesn't seem like for a young team, we've got the right right structure uh, or the right communication internally. Uh, they just don't seem to be on the same page. Uh, so I'm not saying that everything's on fire in the locker room, Dane, but uh, certainly there's a there's a disconnect that's very clear uh based on the comments that Tavondo Campbell made. Can I can I ask you a follow up on that? And we'll get to the we'll get to the actual game folks in a minute, but there is a lot of stuff going on here. Uh, does it feel to you and I, and maybe I'm projecting cuz it feels a bit to me that some of the younger guys feel like more of the leaders on this team right now. Like I think the Packers have a really great young nucleus. I think that they have some veterans that came in and signed up for, you know, a small window of Aaron Rodgers football. And, you know, there's a couple holdovers and, you know, the, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's the league, right? That's how that goes sometimes. But it sort of feels like this Packers team, the guys that have been in the league three years and less for largely, and granted, there's some other guys, Kenny Clark, I think is a phenomenal leader, right? I, Elton Jenkins, I adore, but, you know, largely speaking, it feels like some of these young guys are the, not only are they the future, obviously, but it feels like they're the guys that are showing up game in, game out and are really kind of taking this league by the reins. So I'm kind of curious your take on that. Cause I, I told you and I verbalized this last week. I was so disappointed, um, in some of the veteran performances 
last week, and I thought that some in the last couple of weeks, and I thought some of the young guys were the dudes that were just stepping up and balling out. So, um, am I am I seeing things? Or do you agree? Disagree? I, I don't want to paint you in a corner, but you know, what's your read on that? Because you know, we, there's a lot to be said about veteran leadership, but there's also a lot to be said about guys that just kind of show up every day and do the job and are awesome at doing it. And that's not to say everything's hunky dory and sunshine and rainbows, but I think that there's a place. For, for things. And that, that's the stemming of this. And you said it, I think, great with Campbell is, is he just can't say it out loud, man. You can't throw it on social media if, you, if you're a veteran leader. And that's, I guess, where my frustrations are coming from. Yeah. Well, and you, you also have to keep in mind that with a younger team, the coaching staff might be coaching the players differently than they did good last point. season or the season before. And for good reason. And that could be a difference for veteran players where maybe the approach and the tone and how they were being coached in season past was a little bit different. Um, just it, it, you have to adjust your coaching style based on the individuals, based on the personnel that you have, uh, based on their skill set, their experience uh, and everything that they're bringing to the table. But if all of a sudden you've got a very young team, instead of, instead of, coaching in a maybe a more collaborative way uh with a veteran group of players you might be taking a more direct style of coaching with this younger team and i think we've seen some of that even with coach lafleur on the sidelines he's been a lot more fired up a lot more uh animated a lot more direct uh it seems like even on game days so i would have to imagine that on practice days and in the film room, that's probably translating to an even greater level. And that I'm sure flows down to the, to the rest of the coaching staff as well. So sometimes with a veteran group of players, uh, they're going to maybe not respond well to that. Uh, Dane, uh, you, you and I both, uh, lead people in our respective professions and it's the same thing. Uh, you know, you get some folks that maybe they're, solid at their job um you know they've got a lot of experience a lot of skill uh but they just maybe aren't fitting right at that particular time or that moment with the rest of the team that you have um and whereas other people that are much hungrier more coachable and they're responding to that coaching uh then all of a sudden you're seeing those guys make those strides and those improvement i think we've seen that from a lot of the young players on this roster uh, and some of the veterans are not really on board with that, that, that could cause a little bit of that friction or disconnect as well. So uh, there's a lot of things going on when you're winning uh, that can get, you know, covered up, uh, which which was great uh, for a few weeks there. Uh, but coming off a couple of poor performances uh, and certainly I think some guys are seeing the end of the road in their Green Bay Packer tenure. Um, and unfortunately, I think they've allowed some of that frustration to get out specifically with the Devondre Campbell. But you're right. We've got plenty of veteran leaders that go about their business. So we don't want to make it seem like, uh, you know, Aaron Jones is another one. I, I, it would, if everybody, if we yeah. could just, if we could just honestly, if we could just, uh, clone how Aaron Jones is as a leader, as a, as a man, as a player in that locker room, as a veteran, um, and how he, uh, goes about his business with every veteran player. Um, I mean, the Packers would have no problems whatsoever. Uh, and so it, it's, it's one of those things where we don't want to sit here and, and overthink things either. Uh, but, um, you're right, Dane. I think accountability has to happen at the end of the day. 
Uh, and unfortunately, I think this goes back to Coach LaFleur. That's been his Achilles heel throughout his tenure uh, is how is he holding his guys, whether it's on the coaching staff or, or the players on the roster, accountable uh, at the right times. And I don't know that we've seen an answer to that this season, and it seems to be getting amplified even more. So um, I'm kind of curious to see uh, how that plays out here down the stretch of this season and um, and what that means uh, as we get into the offseason as well. Good stuff, Wex. Hey, you want to talk about this injury report? The Packers are going to be playing uh, here on Sunday, Christmas Eve, uh, against the Carolina Panthers. I want to I want to chat with you about this game a little bit before we sign off here tonight. Obviously, it's Week 16, Green Bay Packers. Packers going on the road against Carolina. And um, Wags, you know, another week of a laundry list of injuries. Um, No surprise, I think, Devondre Campbell, after his comments, did not practice again today. But who stands out here um, uh, from from you on this uh, this Packers injury report? Honestly, it's Jaden Reed. Uh, He's been dinged up. He got in a few injuries over the last month, and now he's got a toe injury. And that's a whole nother level uh, with the wide receiver. Toe injury, uh, being able to, you know, plant, cut, uh, maintain uh, your everything that you want to do, uh, running routes. Obviously, it can affect your your ability to to run. Um, so, uh, toe injuries, depending on the severity, can be a real problem. Um, we saw a couple of seasons ago, uh, Devonte Adams missed what a month with a toe injury. So, uh, we'll see what happens here. He's been battling through these injuries, but this it might have just caught up to him. So. He hasn't practiced at all this week, and that could be a big problem because um, I, I don't know that even though there's some optimism about Christian Watson, I'd be surprised if we see him back yet this week as well. Um, and um, and certainly this is a Panther team that not a good offensive team, has a pretty bad record, but they've got some talent on the defensive side of the ball. And um, strangely, the Panthers – uh, are not a, a defense that forces a lot of turnovers. Um, they don't sack the quarterback a lot. But what I, I'll tell you what they do do is they just do not let teams beat them. Um, they're very sound. Uh, they've got some talent in the secondary. Um, I think the headliner on the Car- Carolina defense uh, is certainly going to be Derek Brown uh, up front um as defensive lineman uh it's a high first round pick a few seasons ago um uh, but they've got some talent in the secondary as well uh, jc horn uh was a high first round pick uh of the panthers a couple seasons ago as well um and uh dante jackson and von bell are former second round picks uh that are in that secondary so um and, and then certainly brian burns pro bowler uh, in the middle at linebackers. So uh, they've got some guys on this defense. And so uh, this is a Packer offense that while they played better over the course of the last six weeks or so, um, they've shown signs of some inconsistency at times, uh, particularly in that Giants game a couple weeks ago. Um, I don't really blame the offense for how things went last week. There just wasn't any chance to be able to establish a rhythm get a lead in this game and, and really try to uh, rely on the run game down the stretch. Uh, but 
Um, I think this could be a pretty significant injury for, for Jaden Reed, who you could argue, Dane, has been the best uh, pass catcher on this, this Packer team uh, all, all the way throughout this entire season. Um, do they have other guys that can step up? Absolutely. Uh, love what we've seen from, some of, from obviously, Dontavian Wicks. Um, uh, Malik Heath has stepped up recently uh, and, and made some nice plays and gotten some more snaps out there. Uh, but uh, without Jaden Reed, without Christian Watson, that's a lot of speed and dynamic playmaking ability that's all of a sudden off the field, potentially, for this Packer offense. So um, I think that's going to be uh, something that to really monitor and keep your eye on. But, Dane, I don't know where we pivot from there as you look at the rest of this injury report. Um, is it maybe getting more uh, opportunities from an Aaron Jones? Uh, does A.J. Dillon have a chance to come back this week after sitting out last week with his broken thumb? He's been a limited participant in practice. So what say you as you look at maybe some of the positives uh, that could be potentially coming out of the injury report this week? I think the biggest positive um, are the number of dudes designated for return for the Packers. Um, just big picture, right? I, and I think that the, the three guys that I, we got to highlight that are all designated return, opening that kind of that 21-day window um, is Luke Tenuta, who's been hurt most of the year, offensive lineman. But Emmanuel Wilson, who I thought was done for the year when he got injured at Lambeau uh, a few weeks ago against the Chargers. And, Wags, you brought this up last week. Um, you got to speak speak it into the universe more, my friend. Um, Luke Musgrave, a designated uh, for return window as well with that lacerated kidney. I believe last week on our pod you said, hey, we haven't really heard much about that injury. So exciting to see that those three guys – uh, are going to be, um, you know, at least starting to work with the team and get back up to speed. I mean, are they going to come back this year? I'm not sure, but it's nice to see that that's the progress that we're looking at. Um, I'd love to see Mike, what's up in our, our Insta Live, uh, saying uh, Patrick Taylor Masterclass. Yes, we love uh, Patrick Taylor. Um, but but that's the thing, right, is I think it's going to be some more Aaron Jones, right? It's going to be some more Patrick Taylor. Um, but looking at uh, the rest of the injury report, and I'm looking at it, I mean, it's another week where Darnell Savage, I don't think he's going to go again. Did not practice again uh, today. Uh, just gut feeling tells me we're going to get another week of uh, Jonathan Owens and Rudy Ford. Um, if the Packers coaching staff is like me, and I think you, it's okay that Owens and Ford are the two safeties back there. Um, and, but otherwise, I just I share your concern with Jaden Reed. Uh, he's the maybe the most dynamic player uh, receiver on this offense. That's not to take away from any of the other guys that have been balling out this year, but Jaden Reed is put on consistent tape, right? Uh, somebody that can just with the ball in his hands can play. So I think that that would be with Christian Watson also did not practice again today, unlikely to go with that hamstring. It's really disconcerting, I think, as a Packers fan going on the road. And you said it. I actually rubbed my eyes a couple times and pressed refresh when I checked the defensive um, stats for the Panthers. Because you're right. The Panthers' defense is not the problem in Carolina. It's the Panthers' offense. Um, so those are all the things. That, unfortunately, uh, a number of guys unable to go um, probably again this week. It's going to cause some challenges. And then last thing, A.J. Dillon, he was limited last week as well with the thumb. I've got to think uh, the Packers coaching staff, they're going to make the best evaluation. They're there at practice every day. But, Wags, if I'm the Packers coaching staff, Aaron Jones is up. Patrick Taylor's up probably Kenyon Drake again, and and that's how I go because that thumb as a running back, I'm just too concerned that that ball gets punched out 
um, with A.J. Dillon back there. I got to go with Aaron Jones and Patrick Taylor as kind of my two lead backs again this week. Yeah. And how many carries do you think we could get out of Aaron Jones? He was heavily involved early, and it seemed like that maybe that was the plan all along, that um, that we're going to get him warmed up. He's going to get out there, get some, get his carries in. We, we They knew that he probably would still be on a pitch count, but rather than with the injuries that he's had, it's an in and out, in and out where maybe that exacerbates things. It seemed like they yeah. just wanted to get as much as they could out of him early in that game. Um, so I'm assuming that was the plan all along. He looked pretty good out there in that first drive, uh, certainly. But um, is there an opportunity for him to get some additional work this week? And and certainly we like what Patrick Taylor has been doing since he came back to the Packers, uh, but that certainly would be nice to get A.J. Dillon back. Um, I, I think I saw enough of Kenyon Drake uh, touches in the opportunities he had last week to say that I'm ready for uh, A.J. Dillon to come back and, and whatever he can give us as well. Um, and, and perhaps as stout as Carolina is up front uh, in their front seven, uh, perhaps the Packers are able to, from a personnel standpoint, um, establish the run a little bit. This shouldn't be a game. I say shouldn't be a game that gets away from them from a score standpoint. So um, it's not like they should have to be swinging the ball around a lot just to, to try to keep up to the other team and what they're doing offensively. Uh, but that said, we said the same thing about the Giants game two weeks ago, and, and that got a little bit away from them as well. Yeah. So um, I don't want to take anything for granted, Dane, but this <laughs> Panthers team hasn't scored 20 points in over two months. Um, so I, I don't see why this should be the week. Um, that said, we're sitting here talking about a, a defensive coordinator that we feel should have been fired last week. Um, so I don't really have a lot of confidence in what they're going to try to put together from a, um, a game plan perspective to try to slow down this Panther offense. But, uh, let's, let's swing over to that. Yeah. What are the things that stand out to you? Um, what should, uh, Joe Barry and the rest of the defensive staff be doing uh, as far as the game plan this week to uh, c- try to continue and extend the struggles of Bryce Young and this Carolina offense. Well, Wag, so that's the thing. You said it right there with Bryce Young, and that's a great, great – I, I, we said tongue-in-cheek on Monday afternoon on our social media that, you know, Bryce Young, future Week 16 NFC – uh, offensive player of the week because, you know, we've had some bad quarterbacks do that the last couple of weeks. Um, it starts with him. And the reality is this. Bryce Young has not been very good this year for the Carolina Panthers. He's had some really tough outings there. That being said, give him all day. He's going to throw the ball, right? So the Packers just need to go after Bryce Young and, and just get after him and be opportunistic against him because he hasn't been able to put up a lot of yards. He just hasn't been all that impressive in his first year. He doesn't have a ton of weapons on offense. Um, Adam Thielen surprised me with how good he's been. And Packer fans, y'all remember Adam Thielen from all the Vikings days. Um, you know, but he's getting older, right? And as the season wears on, I feel like he's dropping off a little bit here um, because that's what happens to older players sometimes. They start hot and, they, you know, they start to to fade. But, you know, I, I, I read the offense, Wags. It's Adam Thielen. It's Jonathan Mingo. It's DJ uh, Chark Jr., um, you know, uh, what is it? Chuba Hubbard um, and, and Miles Sanders. Neither one of those guys have really done too much consistently this year. So, Wags, what it comes down to, to me 
as a Packer fan. I, this Packers defense needs to go after Bryce Young. He's had trouble when pressured this year, and they just need to go after him and and just you know pin their ears back and, and take care of business. And um, you know, I would I would put an extra guy in the box personally, completely try to eradicate the run, and then make Bryce Young beat uh, the Packers through the air. And the reason I say that, he hasn't done it this year. He just hasn't done it this year. So if he can do that while you're applying pressure uh, to him and you, while you're trying to give him mixed coverages and while you're playing some man-to-man against those receivers, I really like our chances. My concern with this, and I want to hear your take, bud, is is Joe Barry going to do this? Like what his, what has his plan been, right, the last couple of weeks? Because it's been pretty poorly executed if he's had a plan. But I don't – frankly, I'm not blaming the players these last few weeks. Like it's been – really poor coaching uh, and scheme. And I don't understand um, exactly what he's going to try to do. So while I think you and I and and, and Mike in the chat um, says, uh, please, uh, Joe, don't make our defense passive. Um, and I think that's the perfect word for it is passive. He is so passive, so afraid to allow the big play that the big plays happen anyway, that I, I just, I want the Packers to go let their playmakers be playmakers, pin their ears back and go hit Brace Young. So What's your take and how do you see Wags, Joe Barry, uh, or how do you think Joe Barry should maybe approach this game against Carolina? Well, uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago, uh, game plan against the Giants, make them throw the football, don't let them run the football, and um, they let them run all over them. So um, that's, that's that was puzzling, and certainly we saw what happened um, last week. I sat here, Dane, and asked you, uh, what, what do we do to, to try to at least slow down, um, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans? And I asked you that twice <laughs> because I was like, literally, those are the two guys. And, and we saw what happened. So, and granted, it, it they're good players, uh, particularly look at Godwin and Evans. I mean, they're, they they do good things against a lot of other teams. So I, I'm not sure. trying to sit here to say that the expectation is that you hold both of those guys to like three catches total. That that I don't think would be fair. But my goodness, uh, you gave up all kinds of, of of looks, and I know that casual fans and and I'm not trying to call anyone out and, and make anyone feel bad about uh, their fandom really rail against zone defense well zone defense doesn't mean that you don't cover the the biggest problem when i went back and looked at some of the tape last week is on on a lot of the looks that we had we were playing our safeties a good 25 30 yards downfield and our linebackers and this goes back and maybe devon campbell was a little salty about this just we're not getting any depth and if you're going to play your safeties that deep, then you've got to get some real depth from your second level at the linebacker group. And that what that allows it to do is then when the, the corners are playing your zone, uh, they can react and come up and, and play a little bit uh, tighter against the ball. But if you're, if you're not getting any depth uh, at the linebacker group, then nobody's really being covered uh, in that soft spot in the defense between that 10 to 20 yard level. And that's where they were just getting killed time after time after time. Um, and so you, you can talk all you want about zone. Um, yes, there's 
coverages that you have horizontally on the field, but vertically, if you're in a zone, you can't expect guys to be able to cover 30 yards of field, both vertically and horizontally, uh, when, you know, you've got that type of spacing. So, um, yeah, zone doesn't mean not covering anyone or not playing the football or not, or not having any ability to, to be able to, you know, come up and make plays. Um, but when you have that amount of spacing, it'd be like, you know, if you're trying to play defense on the basketball court for just to go to a different sport. And if you're extending the defense out and uh, you're giving the other team wide open eight foot jump shots the whole game, they're probably going to make a lot of those. Right. So that's exactly what we were seeing from the Packers zone defense. There was just so much soft spot in that zone that it was they were making it way too easy. Um, so. Dane, I, I, I could sit here and talk about this all night. What is Joe Barry going to do? Well, you said it. We've got to make, uh, we've got to make Bryce Young throw the football. Um, and, and certainly he's got a couple of guys, uh, veterans, uh, in Shark and, and, um, um, and, uh, I'm sorry, Adam Thielen. Yeah. That, that can make plays, but, at this point, that that's that wide receiver combo. I mean, come on, what are we talking right. about? That's that's right. one of the worst worst five wide receiver combos in the league. Um, and Bryce Young just hasn't looked all that good for a top draft pick so far this season. So, um, if I'll tell you what, if if Joe Barry can't come up with a scheme uh, to be able to figure out how to stop this Carolina offense. And I, heck, I don't even care if he does. I'm not going to start giving him credit if he does, uh, because everyone else in the league has been able to figure this out. He's got 16, 15 weeks of tape to look at and see what other teams across the league have been doing to slow them down. Uh, so if, if he can't figure it out this week, I don't know what to say. Uh, but certainly, uh, you said it. We, we got to continue to get pressure and, uh, certainly, we need to tighten up those coverages and uh, allow guys to have the trust to go out there and make some plays and and not make the assumption that just because you're a little bit dinged up in the secondary that you have to like go to that extent uh to cover up a, a deep play or a big play um the last thing i'll say dean watching the buccaneers and how Todd Bowles, def- uh, really good defensive mind, yeah. uh, was dialing up um, what they were doing throughout the game. I give Jordan Love a ton of credit. He was still able to have some success offensively in the second half, but you could see that what they Buccaneers were doing defensively, especially situationally, to dial some some different looks and some different pressures up, um, was such a stark contrast uh, than to immediately go over to watch the Packers defense and what they were trying to do against mm-hmm. the Bucks offense just amplified my frustration a thousandfold. Uh, because, uh, not every defensive coordinator is going to be have the ability of Todd Bowles. And that's why he's a head coach in this league as a, as a defensive guy. But come on. I mean, it was just such stark contrast. And I don't think that the Buccaneers solid defense, but, mm-hmm. uh, from a talent perspective, it's not like there's a disparity there between what the Buccaneers have and what the Packers have, uh, respectively on the defensive side of football. Uh, that's just a matter of one team has a really solid scheme and a, a coach that knows how to make adjustments and call a game. 
uh, versus whatever the hell we had from Joe Barry last week. So, um, so <laughs> that's just one additional observation I had that I'm sure, uh, Justin watching it and other fans probably felt the same way. Well, it's a good point. And also, Legs, I think it's an underlying frustration I'm having right now in the last few weeks is, um, you're right. I, I thought that the Bucks last week really dialed up some interesting looks against Jordan. And, and if anything, I was already like really riding high in the Jordan Love train, but he looked really good. I thought against, a, they made it hard for him and he still played well. Right. So like that was kind of the, if we're looking for silver linings and losses, like that was, but the frustration then is how can the defense let him down? Right. And how can this happen again? So, so, but I totally hear that. And you're right. I mean, the, the, the scheming, the looks, the different guys coming in different packages uh, for the Buccaneers compared to the Packers defense, which it does, it looks passive, right? They look like they're standing still a lot at the line of scrimmage. It's just, it's, there's not the same energy. There's not the same aggression. It's almost like they're just, there's, there's almost like a, they're playing scared, right? Or reserved and they're being held back. And I think that's scheme and not player because we know how aggressive this team could be. So um, anyway, extremely frustrating on that front. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on before we get to our leap uh, um, vodka X factors this week? Uh, I don't think so. Let's dive right sure. into it, man. Uh, uh, offensively, Dane, um, leap vodka X factor of the week. I am just going to go ahead and jump right in. Um, I've got Aaron Jones and if he similar to what I said with Jordan Love last week, I said, if Jordan Love plays really well, this offense is going to do what they need to do to put us in a chance to win the football game. And, um, I think he did. Um, I know he had the turnover at the end, but that's fourth down. They're just trying to force uh, something to happen and try to keep a drive alive and go and score a touchdown. There's, there's not a lot of, I'm going to read into that. Um, I thought he played a good football game this week. I think it's all about the touches. Can Aaron Jones, uh, get more involved? Is he healthy enough to get more touches this week? Uh, because they really need him, especially if Jaden Reed and, and we really think Christian Watson's unlikely to play again this week. Um, if that's the case, we need Aaron Jones even more. Uh, and, uh, so this is going to be, I think one of those games where, uh, Packer fans prepare to be a little bit frustrated because I don't think that this was a Carolina team that Packers are going to go down and score a ton of points on. Um, I still think they should win this game. I'm hoping that the defense responds in a big way and plays much, much better than they have the last couple of weeks. That doesn't mean I'm hoping that Joe Barry saves his job, but I still want the Packers to win this football game, Dane. Um, but I think Aaron Jones could be a big part of that, uh, in, in the opportunities that we have. Boy, I'll tell you what, what a difference it makes to have Aaron Jones and the little sliver of a hole, and he's able to find that sliver, and uh, he's picking up eight, nine yards on, on plays that all respect to A.J. Dillon. He's, he's getting two or three. Um, so a Aaron Jones, if he can have more uh, uh, snaps this week and he's got a, a enough in the tank to be able to deliver uh, on that for three, four quarters, I, I think that could be a, a real difference for what the Packers are able to do on the offensive side of football. For sure, for sure. Um, I'm going to say you want running back. I'm going wide receiver. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy who I think has the ability to take uh, over games. An absolute find by this Packers coaching staff, Dontavian Waits. 
Dude has been ridiculous, Wags. It, it, I, I, it's, it's remarkable to see how good he's been. His routes are so crisp. Again, last week, right? There's just moments where it's like, Dontavian Wicks, moving the chains, right? And, and so we're starting to call him Move the Sticks Wicks here at the Lombardi's Legends podcast because my man is always moving the sticks. Um, what more can I say? He's been awesome. He and Jordan Love, Wags, have a really good rapport going, too. You can tell that Jordan just peppers him with the ball, and Wicks finds a way to make a play. So it's really exciting to see him. And this is a week, yeah, you mentioned the Jaden Reed injury. Um, if he's unable to go, certainly Christian Watson seems less likely to go. Um, I think Aaron Jones is a really good uh, choice uh, from the run game perspective. Who can really fill those voids from the pass game? It's going to be Dontavian Wicks. He's going to move the chains. He's going to get in the end zone. I think it's a big week for him. So he's going to be my leap vodka X factor this week on the offensive side. And Weggs, I, I want to give you the honors on the defensive side. Who do you have as your leap vodka X factor this week on defense? Yeah, I got Quay Walker. I, I think he's a guy that was coming off injury and and uh also probably didn't have his best performance last week but i think he's someone that was playing some really good football earlier this season and i a, a young hungry player i think he will respond to the coaching and i i think I'm, we can expect a big bounce back performance from quay walker this week uh and that could be, make a, a huge difference and how the Packers look defensively, because uh, he was a difference maker early in this season before he started getting dinged up. And so I, I like him to bounce back in a big way this week, and, and uh, I think that's a true X-factor uh, type performance from Cray Walker. Great, great. And I'll tell you what, so as much as I want to see the Packers dial it up uh, and bring some dudes, I, I just fear with the coaching staff, that's not the case. Um, so what I, on defense, but what I'm going to say is we're going to need, I think a playmaker to make a play on the ball when Bryce Young's back there throwing. Okay. So, and then they start to kind of check the box. I'm going to go with Rudy Ford. I'm going to go with their guy, Rudy Ford. Almost, last week, almost forced a fumble. Well, that could have been just like mind blowingly cool. I love the effort for, him almost Don Beattie-esque to run down the field and try to slap the ball out of the, the ball carrier's hands. This week, I think Rudy's going to be around the ball. He's always had a nose for the ball wags and big moments for this Packers defense. Um, so I'm going Rudy Ford as our uh, lead vodka X-Factor this week. Um, I think that he's going to be active. I think he's going to have a ton of tackles. I also think that he's going to play the ball and be a ball hawk this week for this Packers defense. And we need somebody, right, on that back end to make a play. Um, if Bryce Young has a little extra time, who can be sticky? Who's a guy that can get the ball through Rudy Ford? So, for all those reasons, Leap Vodka X back of this week, Rudy on the back end. I love it. Um, one other guy, just honorable mention. I'm going to stick with another former Georgia Bulldog. I think Eric Stokes can uh, have a, a redemption week this week. Kind of had a tough performance in, in his, his first game back last week as well. Uh, but I think he's someone that could get his hands on the football as well with an opportunity. So um, look out for him to, to have a bounce back performance and play better this week as well. That's great. Mike in our Insta chat uh, literally just asked Eric Stokes, he doing better. Uh, so good timing wags on that. That's, that's a smooth move there. Um, let's do scores. Who you got wags? We winning, we losing. Uh, what, what's this Packer score this week against a two win Carolina Panthers? Team? Yeah, Dane. Um, uh... I've got the Packers winning 20 to 16. I don't think, uh, 
I, I don't have a lot of confidence right now, but let's just put it this way. I, I said at the top, they're not mathematically out of the playoffs. I'm not even going to talk playoffs uh, unless we win the next two games, uh, because at that point, maybe we can have that discussion. They had their opportunity. They blew it two weeks in a row. They had an opportunity to solidify an, a, a, a real chance to, to make a run here uh, into the playoffs. So playoff teams win those games. Packers didn't this season. I think they'll learn from it with a young roster. Um, technically, uh, they could still be in the equation with a win this week, but I, I don't know. I think they'll, they'll play a little bit better. I think the offense has been pretty solid still and, and, and played pretty well last week. A little dinged up, uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but, um, I'm hoping the Packers can do just enough to eke out a win and, um, not enough to, to reverse the fortunes of, the hot seat that Joe Barry finds himself on currently. I, I, I like the choice. It's funny, that choice. And I'll tell you why in a second. But the frustrating thing for me this year um, with those two losses in a row, it's not that I think the Packers are like a Super Bowl contender this season, right? right? Not no. this season. But what I really wanted, I really wanted to see such a young roster go to the playoffs because winning and, and getting that atmosphere, right, against really good football teams is – such an invaluable opportunity uh, that even if the Packers, you know, snuck in and got, you know, had a tough go in in the in the early round game, it's just it's the learning experience of these young dudes getting after it. So that's where my frustration comes in here. I don't want them playing, um, you know, meaningless quote unquote meaningless football. And that's that's where really where it stems from. So I hear that, Wags. Um, Shadid uh, in the chat. Says 27-17 Packers is his prediction. Um, Wags, I'm going to go a little bit higher than you did. You said 2016. Why I think it's funny that you said that I have the same point differential, just a little bit different. I have the Packers 24, the Carolina Panthers 20. Um, so, um, you know, you, you mentioned the last couple of months, Carolina hasn't gotten you know, over 20 points. They're going to hit 20 this week. I don't think they get much above it. Packers win this game, but it's closer than, frankly, I think it should be. I think the defense should be should be able to keep them to 14 based on this this uh, this roster, but I don't think they're going to. They're going to give up another score somehow, some way. I just don't trust the, this bend but don't break Joe Barry nonsense. Um, but I think that this Packers offense is still um, getting better and better and building each week. And because of that, they're going to win 24-20 on the road. But I hear you. We win this week. We got to win again next week. Then we can start talking playoffs. Right now, we just got to get back to the basics and win a damn football game. Yep, agreed. So, Dane, any other closing thoughts here before we sign off here for the night? Our guy, uh, Dandron, says, I'm going to the game this weekend. I can't wait. Dude, bring home a victory, my friend. Uh, please give us, this Packers Nation, a dub. We need a W. We really do. We really need a W. So, folks, thanks so much for joining us. I know it's been a tough couple of weeks, and we had to vent a little bit here in this episode. So sorry if it sounded a little bit negative, but I think that's just been kind of what, what we've been dealing with as Packer fans the last couple of weeks. So, um, as always, be legendary and go Pack Go! go. Pack go. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport, and I'll leave it with your good luck. Only thing I will say.